we're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative, getting some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Do you know what schadenfreude means? It means Michigan 45, Ohio State 23. There was a lot of gloom in Duxbury on Saturday. Welcome to the podcast, Mike on Route 1. Um, <laughs> can you confirm that Michigan defeated Ohio State in Columbus on Saturday? That's the feeling I was getting from uh, from inside the horseshoe. and uh, Also in my pants, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I was a, I was a Michigan guy as, as a lad. And then I, I, you know, I grew up and, you know, I went to college and, and rooted for my own team, but I still had a, had to have a soft spot for them even, but I, I don't root for them now with, with Harbaugh in charge, but man, I, I really got back the old feelings on, on Saturday. That was, that was glorious in Burt's his just his, the sequence of tweets was just unbelievably even. He for is him. who we thought he was. He revealed yeah. himself in two, in just two tweets make it painful for people with colors in different <laughs> colors like, relax you're not you're not in the fucking crypts here pal and then and then um the other one of course the dorks and the nerds like and i'll, I'll preface this by saying i'm a person who uh quote tweets people on um on twitter and mocking their uh, they're wearing an, you know an undershirt under their polo and it's kind of thing, shitty let's be honest. but it's uh, yeah i think I'm, it's a proportional response to what they're doing which is um attacking my football team so i'm, I'm like israel in this <laughs> scenario so but what a fucking he's just like he's a fucking child he is yeah he's peter pan scarcely did any did any is anyone had a more of a buffet of options sexually than J.J. McCarthy did in Ann Arbor on Saturday night when they got back. I'm sure he just you know went right back and uh, went went uh, you know to study film. Grind uh, and any, tape. I think that's the preferred nomenclature. Is that what the kids are calling it nowadays? Grinding YouTube. That's <laughs> I think that's a different genre. We don't really want to get into. John, um, what did you think about Burt Breer's no good, horrible, very bad day? You know it. I don't really care about that game. Uh, I was a Michigan fan when Greg McMurtry was there, Brockton's Brockton zone, uh, you know, so um, I'll always be pro Greg McMurtry, but you know, Mike on route one mentioned Breer's second tweet there. Here's, here's the, here it is verbatim. All the dorks celebrating here is the worst. It's like every nerd at your high school is having their day. And I'm like, Al, Al Spider-Man meme. This? Like this is, this is Al Breer. Like, we've all seen your mugshot bro like you were that guy like you were that fat kid right you were the fat kid getting dunked on right i mean and and for you to have the audacity to to write that like you're pretending you were the cool kid you were the guy in the bill starter jacket that everybody was mocking like it it's it's lunacy it is it is absolutely lunacy so he's living in some sort of parallel universe where 
like he's he's look he must be looking at himself like he's this cool dude it's like nah dude like you are that guy it's so of course i'm a michigan fan because seeing al breer have these meltdowns is makes it all worth it i think that the, the michigan endowment grows every time breer tweets about ohio state chica uh, chica walker backed by popular demand the old goofball board legend chico um i feel like we were you know ahead of the curve back in the days on Bruce Allen's old message board with our loathing for Albert Breer. Can you confirm that Albert Breer is a twat? I, I just, I don't understand why he doesn't like, why does he write a pro football column? Like he clearly, his heart, I mean, his heart, his entire persona, his existence is college football, specifically his, his team. Like, I don't understand why he even bothers with pro football, but um, I, I, thoroughly enjoyed like much like mike i i had a soft spot for michigan um not because of football but i was a big fan of the uh the ramil robinson uh basketball oh, yeah. team like i, I latched on to two free throws seaton hall 89 yep yeah it was great and sean higgins i thought that guy was uh that guy would had big big things coming but um but so i, I mean i don't like I, I don't care about this game and with harbaugh involved i'll certainly i'll root against michigan against USC or whoever but um in this game I'm a huge Michigan fan the guy I work with who's originally from Michigan was at the game I haven't seen him yet but I want to uh I want to find out how how intimidated he felt by the school's colors I mean you could see it in the game like you, you there was you know those little enclaves it, you know when you watch like a, a bowl game and I don't watch college football I watch this game and I watch the playoffs so in the playoffs in the bowl games they, they you know the stadium split and half it is one color and half the other but when you're watching the stands you see like random like four michigan guys amidst all the you know all the silver and crimson or whatever their colors are and they were having the time of their lives they didn't look a little bit intimidated like how many people <laughs> how many people fit in that stadium One hundred and ten thousand. they couldn't do any kind of intimidate he uh, yeah long story short he's he's a child he's like you can't you can't trumpet ohio state as much as he does on twitter and and like take the good without you know without getting dunked on a little bit he's got to understand that and the, yeah. i mean the dorks and like where did he the, the you guys know better than i'm not from massachusetts but didn't he go to the kind of like an elite private high school yeah. like not private like in football players yes yeah, yeah, so, so the football players were not like uh um no it wasn't Jefferson middle from, of Texas. from fast times right yeah the, the football <laughs> players were yeah the football players would be at any public high school the dorks and the dweebs the lincoln sudbury guys were afraid to go to waltham if we're being honest and chico you made <laughs> right. reference to uh, half was one color half was the other that basically described the redenbacher uh mansion and serving quarters out there in gross point <laughs> michigan back in the yeah. day surprisingly dan dan the the thoughtful member of the uh the half dozen uh, Dan, you're actually kind of on Breer's side on this. You got to explain yourself. Yeah, I'm going to turn my chair and, and stand in defense of Breer. I mean, you guys may scoff, but Albert Breer was a visionary. For I instance, no did you know? Clue. Did you know that he introduced the first streaming service to Columbus, Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. He was a veritable whiz kid. Breer had a vision, and he splashed that vision on the wall like a Jackson Pollock painting for all to see. That golden vision trickled down, infecting the soil, infecting the hearts and gag reflexes of all Columbusites. And it came with a message. Here I am, Columbus, he said, unadulterated, untethered, unzipped. I say, take what's yours, and that wall is mine. Sure, you may think he got caught with his, with his pants down, and he did. 
But that moment set everything else in his life in motion. From that moment on, Breer would forever be overexposed, always on the go, always on the lookout for leaks. Your number one source for number two takes. It was a seminal moment in sports journalism. I, I don't think that's, I don't that's think the podcast, left right? Set that's up it. That. No, and scene. I'm not following that. And scene. I think it's time to move on uh, to the game on Thanksgiving night in Minneapolis. Uh, John, what were your takeaways from the game? I, I'm glad we didn't record in the immediate aftermath because as I t- talked about before we started recording, I was like, fuck, Hunter Henry doesn't go out of bounds. And they give up a kickoff return right after scoring to take the lead in the second half. And I'm thinking they're a dumb fucking football team. Then Mark Bertrand says the same fucking thing, and I, I want to do the right thing and you know get the Joe Bird toothbrush out. But I think there's a lot of good things to take away from that game. I mean, if Mac has his sea legs underneath him, he's going to be able to stretch the field and you know not turn the ball over. I think, you know, again, we talked about this before we started recording. You get hot in January. There's no great team in the NFL. If you watch football on Sunday after the Patriots played on Thursday, it's it's just a just a, an amalgam of mediocrity. You know, we talk a lot about situational football, and this game was a very different situation than the last few weeks when they played it very close to the vest, defensive battle. They didn't open up the offense too much. There was no real, you know, they didn't put Mac in a situation where he was going to make mistakes. The protection issues were more significant. This game, they had to open it up more, and they were able to. You know, they went punch for punch with these guys. The the kickoff return was, you know, was a was a bad blow, and then the the running into the kicker kind of changed the momentum of the game early in the season when they were losing uh, more consistently, you know, we talked about a couple plays, a couple plays go the other way and it's a different game. And, and that's just the story, not just of this team, but of every other team I watch, every other team I watch has stupid moments. Every other team I watch, it's a couple plays either way that determine the outcome. You know, we have been spoiled over the years watching them beat the crap out of teams. And, and those teams are complaining, you know, those fans are complaining about something stupid, right? Now we're kind of in this middle-class space with just about everybody else where, you know, you play a very good game and you're going to be in it until the end. And that's, that's exactly what happened here. They played a good game, not a great game, not a flawless game. They're probably not capable of playing flawless football, but nobody they're playing against is playing flawless football either. So all these games are going down to the wire and you just, you need your guys to make the clutch plays at the end. And in this game, they didn't. I, th- I don't think a year ago, this time a year ago, Chico, I don't think that anyone thought that the Bengals were going to be one drive away from winning a, a, a Super Bowl title, but they were right. uh, against the Rams. So what did you take away from that game? I, I, I agree with what you said about like getting hot in January and there really is, you know, maybe, maybe the Chiefs, but really besides them, there really isn't a team that's separated itself. I'm just a little worried about the actual numbers, like, you know, having the chargers when like that kind of suck. I, I looked at it. Like, I mean, I, I can't figure the Vikings out. Like they're, they're nine and two. And I think their point differential is like four or something like that. Like they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they they're, just like, went into the, into the, uh, the, the black on pot. Yeah. Point so, I mean, on the one hand, like, okay, on the road, short week against a team that was eight and two, you know, I'm not big into moral victories, but like, you know, whatever. But at the same time, like, it's a winnable game. That a couple of mental errors, and like, like John said, that it's stuff that we're just 
so sport like running into the kicker like that kind of shit didn't happen for like 20 years you know what i mean um and instead so that's just the kind of thing that happens to other teams um overall like i i look at it through the perspective of, of like of max development um because he's the guy that's gonna you know i mean he you know hopefully like not you know Nelson Aguilar won't be here in three years, but Mac will be that kind of thing. So um, it's good. It was good to seeing, to see him open it up and, and, you know, you see so many like mediocre quarterbacks that have these like 300 yard games and he was yeah. having these games that they won, but they, they would, you know, he'd get 180 yards and like, you want to, you want to like take the training wheels off a little bit. Um, so in that respect, it was positive. And, they did. and I think like, I agree with you. If they get in, they can play with anybody, but they got to get in. Like that bears loss is going to loom really, really, Terrible, I think, come uh, come yeah. January. But the math is still so good. Scottsy, what was the the feeling inside the building in mortgage free Western Mass? Did uh, did Cam Acord have to take the uh, planes, trains, and automobiles like uh, ride back to uh, Foxborough with Del Griffith? <laughs> that was just that was, Del Griffith. <laughs> you know, stuck in the back of you know the. Uh, the freezer truck kind of situation and all that, Deep but pulls one, one degree. Scartelli. Oh, exactly. There you go. <laughs> one degree, but uh, it was a winnable game that they lost, and that's no good. Uh, out here in uh, Mortgage Free Western Mass, we've got the uh, Republican newspaper and the Mass Live uh, website, and the, one of the uh, one of the past reporters there, Matt Vator, said that they played like it was the uh, the Chargers. Ooh. Where it was entertaining, but you know, <laughs> not enough to get not enough to get to a W. Mike, your takeaways from that game. Mac Mac is back. Uh, had it first, but um, of course, he, uh, I, I, I would I would submit he was he was um, much like Zolak. My, my my contention was Zolak uh, in the Kembrell Tonkins game. Um, he he was he was never gone really. Um, he had some bad games, but you know, I thought the Jets game. I, I thought this. I thought this game was was coming offensively um you know i think we all had different expectations defensively um yeah and but you know i thought that was for a thursday game i thought it was played at a really high level i thought it was really entertaining a really well played game Um, it wasn't on amazon prime so it was actually a pretty good game so there was no there was none of that bitching which was nice because i thought it was really like it it was um it was a well-played game and uh but you know yeah pierre strong um I, and and camry camry accord there uh that just <laughs> and and people were, were saying oh well you know accord they've, they've done well uh special teams this year and i guess you can't blame the bailey situation on him i'm i'm assuming given that i'm assuming this back thing was it was a pre-existing issue and, and caused all of his problems but the game, the 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 stuff in 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 on special teams is just really incredibly frustrating because that's kind of that falls under the you had one job kind of thing. So that's it, how you get that's like, that's the card card counter edge, right? You get that two percent edge by winning in the fucking yeah. special teams. Yeah, and and you know, and it just there's the little and there's and then and the uh, the the Miles Bryant being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think it ultimately didn't change. I think they probably would have kicked the field goal anyway on that series, but just like that, I just had bad feelings of, about him whenever he's around. I think Dan, you said that today. And I, we call that always, the Matt always, always in the right board. place, always in the right place. And something, and something happens and it's just, it's frustrating. Um, but no, I, I, I feel, I feel good because I think the offense um, can click worried about Harris. That's a lot, a lot of load on a uh, load. Of, oh, wow. On, uh, on Ramondre. Um, so I don't know. It just, that, that sucks. Scott's has a bone to pick with Damien. Oh, it's, it's, it, 
it's it's not a contact sport it's a collision sport but geez don't be a fragile porcelain figurine all the time would you sports <laughs> junk drawer item in just uh sourcing it dan you're in the building uh tell us about the u.s bank stadium experience and and, and what you saw uh, in the thanksgiving night well if it's not the uh the nicest stadium i mean it's got to be up there right um the the go-to I always say is that uh, contrary to popular belief, a billion dollars does buy a nice, nice looking stadium. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was there with my daughter. What was kind of fun with the game was that, you know, she, she roots for both teams. So she was confusing the people behind us because she kept standing up and clapping for good place. For <laughs> she really did just want everyone to have a good time. The audacity <laughs> of youth. How dare she have a good time? <laughs> Uh, I, I do want to talk about that Hunter Henry catch, non-catch. I'm going to uh, go ahead. I'm going to clean well, the shake, but go ahead. I, I have, I, yeah, let's do it. I, I'm up for this. Well, just from the perspective of sitting and watching it, you know, when you're sitting in the stands for what feels like three TV timeouts while they're reviewing the play. Are you doing the whole Rodney thing? Like he missed the tag. He missed the tag, right? <laughs> sitting in the upper deck at US Bank. Yeah. And well, and there's like 73,000 people there watching the, the replay over and over, and they're screaming at every every single time. And two things kind of occur to you as as your as the time keeps going on. One is that there's no way that they had enough that was conclusive to reverse it. And, and also the other, Troy Vincent. Yeah, then the other was Troy Vincent. You think a screw job's on the way with the extra time needed for New York, uh, the refs <laughs> and the announcers to get their justification stories straight. The Montreal screw job has now been replaced by the Minnesota screw job. Uh, yeah, um, I, I do. I do have a point about that. I thought um, the, the discussion after the fact was poorly served by that idiot, Michael Hurley, who was, you know, best known for letting Michael Felger um, scratch his belly. And uh, because <laughs> you do it under that, sir, under the, in that situation, um, you know, it's not like the Jesse James thing and they changed the rule. Um, he would have had to, in fact, survive the ground. I just, because he has controls the ball, one foot, then he extends. Right. Then his knee hits. So he only had one foot. So his knee hit. That constitutes second foot. Uh, but he's possession. It's, the, it's one knee, the extension two feet. Extension right. is, is the, the act common to the game. And that came before. Um, before he his second foot, in this case the knee, was down, so he would need to survive the ground in that situation. The idea that that it was, uh, you know, they could that it, that should be overturned, I think it was crazy because it, I, looking at those shots, Hunter Henry's fingers would have had to have like retracted into his hand for it to uh, be hitting the ground there on the, on the next frame. So I thought that was there's there was no way I, I thought that if that call had gone had been made at Gillette. There's no chance they would ever overturn that. There's just I just don't see that ever happening. So the, I thought I thought the, the problem was really in the overturn. Chico, what did you think in real time as they were the endless replays? Did you think they were going to again the call on the field was touchdown? I had no faith that that call in the field was going to stand. How did you feel? I I. I mean, I, I, th I thought it was going to, I thought it was going to stay. I mean, my, my knowledge of the rule might be off, but like, you know, cross so is the NFL. Anyone in the NFL can't the play, tell you what a fucking like, catch it, is. Right. That's the end of the play. I, one caveat, I was watching the game. I have a neighbor who's from Minnesota and he's a very fatalistic Vikings fan. 
And um, so a Vikings like, fan. he was, <laughs> yeah. So a Vikings fan. Um, so like every like he was like, oh, this is definitely a touchdown. And he kind of maybe talked me into it. But um, no, I, I didn't think it was going to be overturned. I don't know. Um, it, it just it seemed like what, it was, you you cross the goal line, that's it, right? Like I said, my, maybe my, my knowledge of the of the rule is night. But I, I agree with Mike. If it was if it was in New England, it wouldn't overturn. I don't know. I think it has to. I think it has to be more clear than that. Here's Bill Belichick's thoughts on the Hunter Henry catch, non-catch uh, that nobody heard on the Greg Hill show on WEEI. Look at plays in the offseason. Officials might bring in 20 plays and, and say, okay, you know, these 10 are catches, these 10 aren't. And I think we all kind of sit in the room. and I, I don't think there's a consensus on, oh, yeah, I see that. Or, you know, they're, they're close plays and – there, it's hard to, so it's hard to reach a consensus on on a lot of plays. So I mean, even Belichick, despite being tutored by the NFL, Mike, he has no fucking idea what constitutes a catch, and it it, it really is truly arbitrary. I think so, but I think if if we are to go by the rule as it is written, I think I don't think the extension. Him extending hit Henry extending the ball for the for the plane. Once the ball breaks the plane, now, right? But he did, but, but you, you there's three. You have to have three things. You have to have three things. And he didn't have he didn't have the he didn't have the second foot. He didn't have control of the ball. He did not. He controlled it, and he did the, the second. The knee went. The, he extended. Then the knee came down. That's that's the problem. Like so, if if you look at how okay. it's written, I'm I I that's what they're that's what they're, I thought the explanation was terrible. Now. Um, What's his name there? Um, Deflategate, shithead, um, VP. Um, but um, yeah, I, I thought as written, I, I thought there's no way you can overturn it. Zero, zero you can overturn it. But I think, right. but the extending for the plane in that situation it, that 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 didn't matter because he didn't um, he didn't fully possess the ball on the that, com, the move common to the game. That's fair. You know, again, I I thought the uh, I could go on. And I, I was a fan. This. I'm a, I'm a fan of the. I'm surviving the ground actually. So I I, I want I want surviving the ground to come back. Well, the Jesse really, James thing wasn't a catch. In, I never thought right. the Jesse James thing was a catch in real time. I'm I'm pro the same reason I'm pro um, Tuck rule because it removes you know 60 year old men from making these snap judgments. Yeah. Agreed, Dan. Um, Dan, you're you're wrap wrap this up for us, please. I saw two things on Twitter I, I, I took interest in. One was uh, in Mike Reese's uh, Sunday notes, and he had a point on officiating. And he said, uh, delving into officiating talk is a fine line because it can come across as a loser's lament. And to be clear, yes. I am of the belief that championship elite teams find a way to overcome situations when more calls go against them. And the Patriots didn't do that. Um, the other one was, uh, I told you I have a Kansas City Chiefs fan friend of mine and i saw him tweet something saying for the first time in the history of the nfl the patriots don't get a call to go their way even when they clearly should have and and that got me thinking the the reason there's this perception out there is because of what just just what right uh, reese is talking about elite teams find an over a way to overcome situations when the calls go against them yeah the the patrons have had calls go against them all the time we could probably name a whole bunch of them just just around the round table here but like i'm sorry the row of chairs no not round table but like every <laughs> everyone else those those calls are lost to history because the patriots won they didn't suddenly start getting bad calls the difference is they're losing more so they're more pronounced 
and we'll remember them. Great point. And yeah. losing, I mean, the margin of, you know, this isn't exactly profound, you know, I'm not, I'm going to sound like Breer here. It's like the margin between winning and losing in that league, that league player, caller, is just so thin. And my hope is that this will, you know, they have, they have a real test, John. They have a real test on Thursday night at Gillette against Buffalo. And, you know, Josh Allen's UCL, uh, I mean, Buffalo's good. This is a test. If they can win a division game, I think they'll go to three to one, three and one in the division, beat Buffalo. Um, that muddles things up and really kind of, I mean, I just, I'm preemptively getting angry thinking about the Foxborough crowd cheering if when the Bills punt. Like even the mock cheer is like, which is deserved, but whatever. But I mean, it's an, an enormous Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. And I don't think this one's going to be a stinker. Both teams are on a full week of rest. It, it's an enormous game. Uh, huge, obviously, you know, as big a regular season game as, as they'll have all year. The Bills in their last four, they lost by three to the Jets. They lost by three to the Vikings. They won by eight over Cleveland and they won by three over Detroit they too are playing close games. You know that their fans are just as frustrated with that loss to the Jets and the loss to the Vikings. Obviously, that was a really bizarre How many loss. sphincters on Thanksgiving when they were, you know, D- Detroit was their pants in Detroit? Yeah, Detroit was going punch for punch with those guys, right? By the way, if the Bills lose this game, they're 0-3 in the division. So, I mean, this, this is a kind of a big game for them too. Um, a low I, six seed, right? I, I, I expect the Patriots to play a very good game in this game. I expect them to be absolutely ready for Buffalo. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Buffalo's a good team. There's no doubt about it. But this, I expect that I, I would not be surprised at all to see the best performance from the Patriots all season in this game. Scarcy, is yes, Josh Allen mobile blood cell? <laughs> standing, is that our standing headline? Yeah. <laughs> Area, area, local, local collaborative wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots play their best game of the season. Right. It is a day that ends in Y after all. We're the only six that talk about this team that talk like that. That's the crazy thing. Mm. It's true. Did you just say mobile Bledsoe? You're contradicting. No, I'm going to say Josh Allen. Is he mobile Bledsoe or less athletic Michael Vick? Josh Allen. <laughs> like you're, one, you're totally one's a, flummoxed. One's a direct contradiction in terms, so I'd have to go with less, less athletic Michael Vick. And also, the Bills, they're, they're a fine team. They're, I'd compare them favorably to the uh, 69 Medfield squad, whom I respect the hell out of. <laughs> un, un, <laughs> un, unbeaten. Unbeaten, unbeaten in the same way that the United States uh, men's soccer team is unbeaten. Twice Josh, tied. Mm-hmm. Unbeaten, also, unlike Ted Johnson's uh, partner. Chico, how do you feel about Thursday night uh, against Allegedly. the Bills? <laughs> I I feel pretty good. Like the Bills, I mean, did did anyone else uh, did anyone else drop an f bomb in front of their uh, five year old nephew when the Lions <laughs> called that that fade on third and one on Thursday? Like, Great call. The Lions are Great play call. Oh Jesus. <sighs> Um, yeah, no, I think uh, another area man, area man south of other area men think the Patriots have a good chance. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, these are the kind of games that Belichick has them up for and the bills, there's a, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, things in their armor, you know, for like their supposedly unstoppable offense. Um, I, I am going to go with mobile blood. So for Allen, he makes, I love it, you. It, it, 
I love it. Every, I mean, every game that I see, I haven't seen the Bills play every game, but like every time I see him play, he makes one throw that like pops your eyes out of your head. And then he makes like one mistake. He keeps both teams in the game. It's like, I mean, you know, he's not a, what's his, his fourth year or fifth year? Like he's still like, he's going to throw 20 picks this year, right? Or thereabouts, yeah. 18 picks. Like that shit doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it's, you know, he's got, he's got that, that Brett Favre, like whatever. And, and, you know, hopefully the pass can capitalize on that. I mean, he's I, got I, some Brett Favre and he's stealing money from the state of New York. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I, I, I mean, the, no, his, the owners of the team are the, the, so I mean, <laughs> the I Pagoulas, guess, yeah, but the Pagoulas are, but um, yeah, the bills are favorite as they should be, but you know, the, the Pats are going to handle them. Dan, what are you feeling? And it it might first? be, like you said, it Go might ahead, be Jake. like that on the, down the margins, like the, the, you know, don't screw up on special teams or whatever. And like, if you can get the bills to punt, don't run into the fucking kicker. Yeah. yeah, let's keep Pierre Strong on the sideline. I mean, the house advantage, I really do believe that special teams in this day and age is the house advantage. Like when you're playing blackjack, just don't fuck up. And they have such a difference maker returning kicks and punts, Dan. Uh, how do you, I mean, there was a lot of, when the Patriots won in Buffalo last year, the wind game, we get, okay? Um I don't feel like they're overmatched. Should they be favored? No, even though it's in their own building. But I don't feel like this is a puncher's chance kind of game. I feel like this is a game that they can game plan for. Allen's going to throw them one. The same way Cousins did that on Thursday night in Minneapolis. Them winning is not out of the question. The Patriots. Yeah, puncher's chance is a good way to put it. Uh, The Bills haven't been playing as well this year as they played last year. Uh, Allen does throw some, some up for grabs. Uh, I read that some of the, some of the teams, they're battling illness, they're battling some injuries. Uh, I think the thing with the Patriots is we keep waiting for the team to put it all together. You know, I thought, I thought going into the Vikings game, the, the, the Vikings offensive line was down two guys. And mm-hmm. after the way they played against Dallas, I, I thought Patriots going to go to town, Right. but it's a, it's a little bit different with Buffalo. Cause you can't, you have to be careful with your pass rush. The thing that's really the most demoralizing is when you get him in a third and whatever situation and, and Allen right. runs his way out of it. So I saw Matthew Judon quote saying that that's the whole thing. They have to have the discipline to try to keep him in the pocket. They want him to be throwing. That's, that's their best chance. And every time he gets out of the pocket, you have to hit the hell out of him, Mike. Uh, I mean, I really want them to beat the piss out of Allen. Every time he pulls that ball down, you got to make him pay for it. Yeah, it just he seems like he, you know, sometimes he 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 just does a good job of of not getting. Um, he's big enough that he he can make it, so it's not a totally solid hit. So I don't know. I don't know if they'll have any luck there, but you know, uh, in the in the um, in from the uh, files of in many ways, it is it's an advantage. I do think you know this isn't exactly a Christian Barmore game, as far as. Um, you know, because when if Allen takes up up the middle, Barmore wouldn't be of much help there. So I'm just curious how they're gonna how they're gonna defend him. Um, you know, obviously contain um, contain outside, but um, it, it's I, I don't feel I don't feel great um, just because I, I don't think I'm I'm just prepared to be disappointed. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm I, they should win it and they should play their best game of the year. But you know, what if? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Bills are going to play their best game of the year. I just I don't feel 
I don't feel great. I feel, I feel like they're going to come out and they're going to, they're going to look better than people think certainly. And that we're led to believe throughout the rest, throughout the course of the season. Um, but are they going to be able to do it when it comes down to nut cutting time? Um, we'll see, but you know, this is, this is the season. This is it. If they do, I don't think there's any reason to have a lot of heavy guys on the field in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Make them but, run old school scrambling. He is and, and you know, I, I did, I did, I, I stayed, I stayed pot committed on Mac when people were, getting off the wagon. I'm staying on um, scrambling Drew. And I am, I, I do think you're right that um, at some point the, the running is going to catch up with him. He's going to end up with, with something. Um, I mean, they don't run, they don't really run other than him, right? Like no. he's their leading no. rusher. I mean, Singletary, they, they, they run for show and they have, you know, they drafted James Cook high Dalvin cooks, I think brother. Yeah. I mean, they good. I thought the good point that someone made today was looking at the um, Dan, I think you talked about it. The, the secondary core, uh, the, the, the corner, the defensive backs of the playoff game versus this. And everybody was all orgasmic about losing JC Jackson, but they're so much deeper, better uh, and tougher there. Now I think. Keep talking because I need to pull up those names. John, how do you feel? How do you feel about the Thursday night Devontae game? Devontae Bosby? I'm pretty sure we know yeah. about Devontae Bosby. It sounds made up, completely made up. <laughs> De- Devontae Bosby is Ricky Henderson playing with the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> the, 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 you, you mentioned how much Buffalo runs, Chico. I'm looking at the box score just from the Lions game, just their most recent game. Singletary had 14 carries for 72 yards. Allen had 10 carries for 78 yards. I mean, the, the simplest. And every time he runs, I'm saying hit him. Hit well, him. I, I'm with Mike on Route 1, though. I mean, hitting him, I mean, more of the Patriots guys that are going to be on the field will bounce off of him than hit him, right? So it, it to me, it's contain him and make him throw from the pocket. And I think that is how they, how they do that and how they're successful doing that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's how why tall Bill Russell Wilson in the Hall of Fame. Does that work for, uh, <laughs> for Josh Tall Allen? Russ. Tall, tall Russ. Tall, tall Russ. You know, at, and, and yeah, he's going to, you know, he's leading the league in interceptions. Um, the, the high likelihood they can frustrate him in the pocket if they can keep him there. Um, but that's the, the discipline on the edge to keep him contained, I think will be really important. I don't know if you watched the Packers Eagles game, but the lack of discipline in the Packers pass rush over and over and Are over Are you telling again. me Matt LaFuck could not scheme uh, up a good game? I, 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 I haven't listened to Lombardi yet. I don't know if Lombardi talks about this. Yes, he, assume, of course he does. I'm going to assume he does. And I'm watching it and I'm like, Jesus Christ, will they possibly try to contain Hurts and not do this stupid ass speed rush on the left side around Jalen Hurts? It's always a good idea to run behind Jalen Hurts. Absolutely, absolutely. So if we see Matt Judon doing that, you know, I think we'll all collect. I will call your phone will be your phone will be yeah. overheated for me calling you. Right. So but if but if they play smart and contain and keep him in the pocket, yeah, I think I think that is a winning strategy. He'll throw them one, right? Yeah, he will throw them more than one. All right. So the point we just made, and I ha- I hate to give credit to Zach Cox from Nesson, the appropriately named Zach Cox. These were the d- cornerbacks that dressed. In the uh, wild card game in Buffalo last year, J.C. Jackson, Joan Williams, Miles Bryant, the aforementioned Miles Bryant, Justin Bethel, ostensibly a special teamer. Yeah. And then he, here, here, I wouldn't, if you give me 2,000 guesses, I would never <laughs> have gotten two apostrophes. Things. Yeah. There are <laughs> apostrophes, Scartsy, not consonants, but apostrophes. 
D'Angelo Ross and Devontae Bosby, not Busby, both Bosby. Not not to get not to get that uh, the mentally ill uh, Steve R riled up, but both both guys sound like they should be Key and Peel uh, Senior Bowl participants. <laughs> D'Angelo De- Ross plays for the Timberwolves. He's a basketball player. He's not a basketball player. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, he signed he signed with the Warriors and then was traded for Andrew Wiggins, right, Chico? That's just, that's the guy. Left-handed both kind of both sucks. Of- both of those guys are more likely to help a team next week than J.C. Jackson, though. Oh, oh, uh, hey, hey, oh. So, all right. So the Patriots Where are the Earthland the- Moreland's of yesteryear. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Breakwind Moreland from way back in the way back machine. Earthwind Moreland actually made a play in during the uh, Dynasty 1.0 in a, in a game in Kansas City, and I can't remember the play. I can't really remember the game. I just remember. Maybe I was just playing uh, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire rather than <laughs> about his play. I think it's time to, you know, Chico is here. Chico, I know few people who share my fervor for the Celtics other than Dan and Mike on Route 1 than Chico. Chico, the Celtics, I think it, to use old board parlance, the Celtics are a fucking wagon. How, how are you feeling watching this team? You know, there was a lot of drama with, you know, you know, Ime saying where the white women at and all that stuff. But uh, Joe Mazzula has done a good job. They are a joy to watch. I mean, that's the thing. that It's like, it, it, like last night, I know it's, it's Charlotte, but like they. 78 they take, points in the first half. They just don't take they don't take bad shots. Like they just, they, they take so like, I've said, in, I've like in the past, you've seen like, you know, Tatum do that thing where he like, he dribbles through his lane, Jalen too, and they'll take the shot and they'll hit it. And it's still a bad shot. And it, it's frustrating, but like the ball movement, it's, it's like the, um the, the, the last Spurs team to win a title that reminded me of them. Like it's just, that's a great basketball. point. You know, and like, you know, this, like I was, I was reading somewhere today um, and they were putting up the three point percentages of uh, like a lot of the, a lot of the nonstop, like it was Horford, white, a smart couple of guys. And and they're significantly above their career totals and there might be some regression, but at the same time, you look at the shots they're getting, they're wide open shots, like above the, like, yeah, I think that like Derek white can hit 42% of those wide open threes, you know, from right above the break, like, it's just it's just been such a pleasure to watch. It's really amazing. It's really it's a small like, sample size. With... Like... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no! I mean, if you think about the last impression we had of the Celtics last year was their offense like turning to absolute gummy shit in the last three games of the Warriors series, and then you know then the coach you know the whole thing with the coach and like you know Gallinari would I would have loved to seen like what he could have done and. You know who knew what like Missoula was made of. He is from Rhode Island, so that's a point in his favor. But he's from Johnson, so I'm gonna think of half a point. But um, it, it's it's just I I don't know how sustainable it is, but you know it's the, like right now it's statistically the best offense that's ever existed. So you know, I mean that's incredible. What Scartelli, else, what else do you want? Scartelli, um, do we do we need to start a campaign to stop this? Brian Scalabrini hype. He's becoming Zolak 2.0, and this this cannot stand. Oh no, you you've got to. Uh, that absolutely cannot stand, dude. <clears throat> that's just that's just <laughs> entirely wrong. 
why do we, why do we elevate these fringe players into you know folk hero play by play color guys and no just just stop get simple competence that's all we ask for we don't need wacky people fair enough so the Celtics blew out the Kings uh, a couple of days ago, and John lives in, in the Bay Area, so that's the Kings are Bay Area adjacent. What was the uh, impressions, John, from the the from the Nick Cattles adjacent people in the Sacramento media of the world regarding the Celtics <laughs> overwhelming the Kings? The Kings, who have gotten a lot of love from the analytics community in the NBA for being a really efficient offensive team. You know, I would I would actually flip it into the respect for the Celtics, right? I mean, the Kings are kind of frisky this year. I mean, it's probably been the worst franchise in all of professional sports this century. Uh, you look at the, their futility; it's just been remarkably consistent. They've been awful for so long. They're like the the Clippers from you know, you know, maybe a generation ago. How how miserably consistently awful they were. So the Olo Candy Clippers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the so it's yeah, I think I think folks were you know happy the Kings played tough with them. They think the Celtics obviously are very good. They were more bothered by the Celtics uh, Scalabrini mockery of the uh, the beam. The, the, yeah, the Kings like <laughs> the beam. beam thing, right? Their beam thing. So they were they were like offended by that. But you, you schmaltzy fan bases have stuff like that they hold on to. Like the Blazers with their hustle board, right? They're very proud of their hustle board. They're very you're, proud. You're, of you're totally baiting me with that hustle I'm board. I love I'm, the I'm, hustle I'm drawing, board in Portland. I'm drawing you out here. Um, so I like, love going to games in Portland. You know that. You you got these cornball fan bases on the West Coast, and they like that <laughs> stuff, right? Um, so so whereas in Boston, it's about you know your record is what it says it is, and and of course you know on the flip side, we have to deal with the the idiots like uh, Maserati who are saying, well, that game was kind of pointless because the Celtics blew them out because they have nothing negative to say when a team is, as Chico said, historically all time, you know, most efficient offense in the history of basketball. So it's, it's, you know, enjoy this. This is, this is a really special group they have. So to Chico's point, and thank you for John for amplifying that uh, this, the 73 win warriors that didn't win the title, but I mean, they're obviously you go seventy-three and nine. You're fantastic. The seventy-three win Warriors scored one hundred fifteen points a game on 49-42-76 splits. So forty-nine percent from the field, forty-two from three, seventy-six at the line. Small sample size for the uh, twenty-two twenty-three Celtics. Forty-nine forty eighty-five. Their true shooting percentage is sixty-two and a half percent. The Warriors was um, just a hair over 40, excuse me, 59. Uh, Mike, it's early. I get it. It's early. They don't have Rob. They're, they're really limiting Al's minutes, as they should. Uh, Derek White, you know, he actually made tweaks to his shot that have worked out. I mean, the early returns, I mean, did, did we witness last year when they burst out from their mediocre start under Ime? Did we witness the finals loss being the start of, we always hear about windows closing, right? In sports. I mean, this is a window opening all the way full. Yeah. I want to like, be like, oh yeah. The, the reason that they've become this good is because, um, you know, because of they, they, they were tested so, so much in the playoffs and, the, and all those series, but it's, I think it's hard to kind of 
determinably say was it you know that they, they can't quantify iron, iron sharpens iron or was it the fact just the fact that honestly i think they're you know played together for longer and, and tatum is making the leap from you know i think a top six guy to a top two guy three guy two i think in my opinion but um it's you know i th- one of the things i've thought about a lot is kind of going back to the brad hire in in 2013 uh and the way that they've been able to take guys and have them and really it's it's get them in the system and Hauser instead they of become better, they become better shoot they become better shooters because they get them good shots and they get them high mm-hmm. quality. you know they made they almost made evan turner like a league average oh, guy yes. um and number two overall pick Evan Turner Brogdon Brogdon is shooting shooting threes on a lower volume than he has maybe in the last couple of years but shooting 47 percent from three I would have been you know ecstatic if he came in and did a 38 percent which he he has done in the past obviously doesn't Brogdon shoot like he's playing in noon league the Y shooting threes that push shot yeah it's great I love it He, he he's like yeah, I like his game. It's just, it's very like he's 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 a joy he's got, to watch inside the arc too. He's kind of like got a little Andre Miller going on that I like. Uh, That's that I always a fan of. Thank yeah, you. very well. You drive me nuts. That, that yeah. Way, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm just the, the the shots they get. You know, they're playing. I like that they're playing at a higher pace because they're so good offensively. You can kind of yeah. like create more opportunities, uh, get as many possessions as you can, and it's just so ridiculously efficient. And you know, the drop off defensively you know they, they've dropped off a bit but i think their you know their net rating is still better than oh they've they've players. definitely improved on the defensive end of the floor yeah. over the last couple and, and that's without their best you know what without their the, and the, the, the best eraser players. in the league rob yeah. williams is so, the best eraser in the league they're great i i i it's it's fantastic watching them and, and you know when they get robbed too their depth is just you know having you know they're going to have hauser and pritchard as you know ninth guys or whatever so Pritchard won them a game uh, a couple of Friday nights ago. Those guys are fine. They're, they're fine. You know, they're fine. Ni- they're 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 good ninth guys. So yeah, they're Chico great. Andre Miller had a huge dumper, which has allowed him to play a low post game as a six foot four guard. And Brogdon is, I'm trying to conjure in my head his uh, his his physical likeness, but I mean Brogdon has been an absolute joy. I know that you know comes with the caveat that he's had a lot of trouble staying healthy. And I think he probably has to be on the Al Horford plan, but I mean, Brogdon, I, I don't think there's been a better sixth man off the top of my head since Bill Walton for the Celtics. And he, he you mentioned it about like the shooting at the Y, like it, it, Brogdon, he's 29, but he, he, he plays like, you know, the, the old crafty guy in your game. Yeah. He's, he seems like he's been around forever. He came in the league the same year as, as Jalen Brown. Um, he's just a little bit older. Wow. Like he came to the league when he was like 23, I think, or whatever. Yeah, Jalen came out after his freshman year, right? But um, but yeah, like it's yeah, it, it, I I think well, that was part of the you know part of the reason he was injured. And, and I I forgot where I heard this. It might have been on like Zach Lowe's podcast or something. And he even admitted it. He said like, you know, some of those years, especially in Indiana, he was like the one option or the one A. And he said that took a kind of a toll on me. And he was, you know, he's starting and he's playing 35 minutes a night. And like, you know, even though he's only 29, that's, you know, a little bit older than some of the, some of the core guys. He's like, I think found his perfect role and I'm going to come off the bench. Yeah. I'm going to be the guy off the bench. 
you know, even playing with one of the, you know, one of the Jays, but like, I'll be the initiator a lot of the times. And I'm going to play 20 minutes a night and I'm going to, you know, sit out every fifth game or whatever, depending on the opponent. Um, and I think that will like, you know, kind of like Horford, like maximum, he's only, he's only 29, like, you know, Horford's 36, but like, whatever, like they make the concession that, that allows him to be his most effective self in the playoffs. But he, he's been, I always knew he was good. Like I, I, I remember him particularly when he was with Milwaukee, um, you look at his annoyingly man, good. Some of that could be a little yeah, annoying. That's, I mean, that's the thing, annoyingly good. And like, I'm glad that like we're the benefit of it, but you, you see the, the thing that's got to be annoying to fans of other teams is he can take the, the you know, they've had, you know, f- very few of these cause their offense has been so efficient, but like an offense that gets kind of bogged down and it looks like it's going to, you know, instead of it resulting in like a, a Tatum step back 16 footer from the, from the corner with the shot clock running down out and, with the shot, but he like, he'll, he'll, he'll make a, he'll turn that into, him getting into the paint and getting at least yeah. a decent look and, and getting a layup or getting, you know, or, or dishing it to an open shooter. Um, I wish really that, I wish that Jalen had the handle that Brogdon had. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, yeah. And, and he like, and he, and he's, you know, he's, he's a, he's a good size for, you know, he's like six, four and like kind of big, he rebounds pretty well. Like he's really been a revelation. Like, and yeah, I, I haven't had a six man like him since well. I was speaking I of the, today. I was surprised he hasn't started one. I thought he might have started one of those games when, like, he hasn't started one game yet this year. I mean, he will. I mean, they'll give Marcus some maintenance minutes. And speaking of the wise old man in the lunchtime game at the Y, Dan, um, what are your impressions of the Celtics so far? Uh, who's going to be the first guy that says that uh, the return of Williams is going to screw up their chemistry? Has that happened yet? It's coming. Tony Maserati. Yeah, right. yeah, probably. That's uh, Does anyone understand basketball less than Tony Maserati? Yeah, because you know all those plays they run for Robert Williams. He's going to be demanding the ball. Like he has. <laughs> all Tony Maserati knows about basketball is the though, spot yeah. on the Garden Parquet where he tore his Achilles just by <laughs> existing. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on the Celts? I've, I've I've got a pony up for the league pass because this this season feels special, and I've seen way too few games. They they. Featured a bunch at the beginning of the season, and I'm just, I feel like I'm missing out on. You're gonna see them when but, they come to Minneapolis. Yeah, that's a great idea, and I'm sure my my daughter's gonna be pushing for me to get exactly those tickets. But yeah, um, the thing I've enjoyed most is just Tatum's evolution. He's so strong; he feels like feels like he can just flip a switch, gets so any improved. shot anytime he wants. I guess the row of chairs are all in the uh, facing in the same row, which is is our want. Does anybody please raise your hand if you have a final thought? Go ahead, John. Well, you didn't uh, celebrate Sam Darnold's success this week, so I guess I have to. Looking uh, forward so- to. Sorry about the mute. Uh, I don't know what happened with the mute there. <laughs> <laughs> Scartelli is at Pat Scartell. John is at that John Irons. Mike on Route One. Media Mike is at In This Town One. Dan is at Patriots Daily. We're going to continue to lobby Chico to get on Twitter. Chico is at uh, Raymond Patriarch's Coinomatic on Twitter. In the meantime, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to Entitled Town. Uh, Vinny, I had your email queued up, but the conversation got put off the rails just a little bit. And I implore you to please stay off the pike and always turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. 
And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.